Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Our top story, a New Year's celebration put on by the New York Chinese consulate. And New York politicians were on the guest list. A closer look at who got the invite. China releasing new images of its homemade aircraft carrier 10 days before Taiwanese voters will choose their new president. How does it compare to American vessels? That's a significant demonstration of technological uh, uh, capability. It's also a demonstration of their espionage. A shakeup in China's gaming industry, Beijing has reportedly removed an official over an incident tied to the video game sector. What's behind the purge? And a new electric vehicle giant emerges challenging Tesla's dominance. Discover the world's new largest EV company in the latest quarter. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. A New Year's celebration is making headlines. It involves two New York State lawmakers, a key aide to New York City's mayor, and the Chinese consulate in New York. The story was first covered by Fox News. The consulate hosted a New Year gathering Sunday. The guest list included a number of New York politicians. State Senator Leroy Comrie, State Assemblyman David Weeprin, Winnie Greco, Senior Advisor to New York City Mayor Eric Adams, New York City Council Member Christopher Mart, and Peter Deng, the President of Sino-American Friendship Association. That organization has faced accusations of being involved in Beijing's United Front Network. And the United Front is a big deal. Critics say the agency works to influence other countries' policies toward China and targets prominent individuals, universities, and think tanks. What this is, is the Chinese Communist Party's effort to manage those outside of the party. And so they are targeting non-Chinese, they're targeting religious minorities, and even traditionally they're going after um, business associations and trade unions and all types of clubs. They want to get uh, control of these different organizations so that they can establish a united front and push the CCP's policy objectives. Back to the Sino-American Friendship Association, a report from Washington Post found that the group's honorary president also holds another important title. He's a member of China's People's Political Consultative Conference, or CPPCC. This political body is a central part of Beijing's United Front system. The organization also arranged trips to meet with United Front work officials in China. NTD reached out to Sino-American Friendship Association for comment, but did not hear back before airtime. Ten days ahead of Taiwan's presidential election, China released new images of its latest aircraft carrier. Called Fujian, it's China's first homegrown aircraft carrier. Fujian is equipped with more advanced tracks for launching aircraft. It allows the carrier to launch fighter jets with more fuel and weapons. Chinese leader Xi Jinping has ordered the military to improve combat readiness by 2027. This aircraft carrier is not commissioned yet. Right now, the U.S. has the highest number of aircraft carriers in service, 11. China has two.
Next, a closer look at those vessels as we set sail into the future with China's next generation aircraft carrier. It's a looming force in Beijing's pursuit to reunify Taiwan, something communist leader Xi Jinping just declared inevitable. How would the naval giant measure up against U.S. carriers in a potential showdown over the self-ruled island? We had the opportunity to sit down with Captain James Finnell, former director of intelligence at U.S. Pacific Fleet, for insight. Captain James Finnell, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thanks, Tiffany. Uh, Great to be back and Happy New Year. China has recently unveiled new images of its next-generation aircraft carrier. This is supposed to be better than the Shandong and the Liaoning. How does that compare to the U.S. carriers? Is this a threat? Well, it's not a threat to our current carrier force in the sense that it, it doesn't have nuclear propulsion. It's a conventionally powered aircraft carrier, uh, but it is a significant step forward. This carrier now has been imaged several times, and it's now clear from imaging that came out in the last 24 hours that they have three electromagnetic aircraft launch system catapults. So they skipped the entire generation of steam launch catapults that the Americans that I served on for you know in my career, steam catapults that was the backbone of the U.S. carrier fleet. They've skipped that and gone right to electromagnetic. So that's a significant demonstration of technological uh, Uh, capability. It's also a demonstration of their espionage and how they were able to acquire that technology so quickly. Uh, And then they're, you know, they're in the process of conducting mooring trials. And apparently this may be news for everybody here. Uh, One of my colleagues on my list said that he just confirmed that it left the, 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 the Fujian left port on the 28th of December and is probably underway for its first sea trial. They're just building not just numbers of ships, but the tonnage has outstripped the United States over the last decade, and their ships have very high-quality anti-ship cruise missiles with uh, you know two to three hundred kilometer ranges that go supersonic. And we're still struggling to come up with our own uh, anti-ship cruise missile systems and family of systems on the U.S. side. So they have a, a capability that's very very serious. They have the geography that's in their favor when it comes to Taiwan. And uh, this is a really dangerous time. The Chinese Navy has surpassed the U.S. in terms of number of ships. Now, there is an argument that there is a quality to just quantity on its own. And this year is also the 75th year of the Chinese Communist Party taking over the mainland. We heard a bit of that in Xi Jinping's speech on Sunday when he said that the reunification with Taiwan would be inevitable. Given all this messaging coming out of China, what should the U.S. be doing now? We need to be preparing ourselves for a conflict. And I think because it takes so long to build the Navy that is needed and the air forces that are needed, we're going to have to do something in conjunction with Taiwan to throw a strategic Uh, wrench into China's plans. And at this point in time, I think the only thing that's really going to cause Beijing and Xi to step back and reconsider is the implementation or introduction of nuclear weapons, tactical nuclear weapons uh, into Taiwan, into the theater there. And uh, this is very controversial, I know, uh, but we're at the point now where Xi has all the tools at his hand and his disposal. Uh, Xi is ready, as he said three times in the last month, in November and dis- twice, once in December, and here in the New Year's message, the the reunification, which is a falsity. There is no reunification since they were never part of China. But anyway, the unification of Taiwan 
is inevitable and it will not be stopped and that they're on a timeline. And we need to recognize that and America's leaders need to recognize this now so that we're not in the same situation as we see in the Ukraine or in uh, Gaza. And on the point of the nuclear weapons, really quickly, you mentioned it is a controversial stance. Just expand on that for us. The purpose of that isn't to actually escalate war. It's a deterrence. Is that right? That's 100% correct. We're not asking to use nuclear weapons in any way, shape, or form. What we're trying to tell Beijing is, is if you use nuclear or if you use conventional weapons to invade Taiwan, you have to risk and consider that nuclear weapons could be then used in a tactical fashion uh, against you, uh, Beijing. Captain James Fennell, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Next, a roundup of short economic updates from China. First, a dismal end to 2023. Longtime foreign funds reportedly pulled back from Chinese equities at breakneck speed in December. That's according to research done by U.S. investment bank Morgan Stanley. The company said that monthly capital outflow from China marked the third largest in history. Over the last year, China's stock market performance was listed as one of the worst among major world indexes. Driving to the plunge, geopolitical risks, a slow economic recovery, and policy uncertainties. Heading into 2024, China's economy hasn't really taken off. That's despite Beijing's attempts to boost its performance through a string of stimulus measures. And speaking of the stock market, on the first trading day of the new year, Chinese stocks open up with a 1.3% slump, forecasting a concerning prospect for the world's second largest economy. The downturn has become a trend since early 2021. But for some investors, it's an opportunity to scoop up some cheap deals. Bloomberg surveyed more than 400 investors, and nearly one-third of them said they would put more money into Chinese stocks this year. And switching gears to the gaming sector, Beijing has reportedly fired an official in charge of overseeing the country's publicity department. This comes after a controversial gaming regulation last month set the whole industry into a tailspin. The proposed rules were designed to cut spending and playtime on video games. But they ended up triggering an $80 billion sell-off within 24 hours. Officials backpedaled from the policy just days after the announcement, saying they would adjust the measures by listening to public feedback. Throughout the last year, Chinese leader Xi Jinping has been trying to lure foreign investments to China with high-flown promises. But skepticism is growing as investors saw mixed messages from Beijing, especially as Xi seeks to strengthen his power inside and outside of China while ramping up probes on foreign consultancy firms. Chinese trade has new competition, and it's coming from South Korea. For the first time in 20 years, Seoul's exports to Washington overshadowed Beijing's last month, with South Korea clocking $11.3 billion in goods, next to China's $10.9 billion. The change comes as China's economy struggles and the West looks to find alternatives to Beijing supply chains, as well as to cut off the communist country from high-end technology that could further its military development and aggression. South Korea is looking to improve U.S. ties under new President Yoon Suk-yeol. The country's overall exports are also up 5% from one year ago. 
Tesla has been outsold by Chinese automaker BYD. The Tesla rival now holds the title of world's largest electric vehicle maker as of the latest quarter. NTD's Dave Martin has more. China's top electric car maker BYD has outsold Tesla, making it the biggest EV company in the final quarter of 2023. It sold around 525,000 cars, while Tesla sold around 485,000, both record quarters for the companies. At the rate that BYD is growing with this huge influx of cash and the huge sales and the growth of the brand line and the product itself, because they do come from building batteries, you will soon see that they are going to start taking over Tesla. Car expert Lauren Fix says BYD performed better for many reasons. Warren Buffett is an investor giving them an influx of cash. China dominates the global electric vehicle battery market. In fact, BYD started off as a battery company. This lets them make their own batteries at low cost and sell for low prices. The China Communist Party directly supports BYD, partially by giving it tax breaks and incentives. BYD does not sell in the U.S. Fix says if it does, this will totally destroy the U.S. marketplace when it comes to electric vehicles. Consumers aren't going to believe the low prices. I'm not seeing the quality is there. I'm not seeing the warranty is there. But if you need transportation and you have to purchase an electric vehicle for your state regulations or for your personal choice, you're going to find these vehicles coming in at a very low price. Tesla still sold more electric cars over the entirety of 2023, but its lead over BYD is shrinking significantly. In 2022, Tesla sold 400,000 more cars. Last year, in 2023, it sold only 230,000 more. This is Dave Martin for NTD News. China is welcoming in U.S. citizens with open arms by easing visa requirements for American travelers. Starting this week, U.S. tourists will no longer need to submit many documents previously required for a visa, including proof of hotel reservations or itineraries. Beijing also announced in November that citizens of multiple European countries would no longer need visas for short stays in China. China's tourism sector is struggling to recover after three years of strict pandemic measures. In 2019, nearly one billion foreigners entered and exited the country. That's compared to just 8.4 million visits in the first half of 2023. It's a mere fraction of pre-pandemic numbers. Over the summer, the United States issued a warning against traveling to China, citing the risk of wrongful detentions and exit bans. The advisory came as tensions between Beijing and Washington grew, and after citizens of multiple Western countries have been detained in China in recent years. Next, we'd like to take a moment to share some of your thoughts on our last show. Commenting on our report about China's major economic challenges, Dee Baumberger wrote, Need to remember it's not a market economy. Communism has different rules. Several viewers also told us they noticed ads on our YouTube channel yesterday, suggesting our channel could be remonetized if it continues. It is good news since we've been demonetized for about three years. Last year, we were briefly remonetized and saw some instances where YouTube placed ads on our videos, but we didn't benefit from them. We'll keep you updated on how that progresses. Your support helps make our show possible, so please consider sharing our content with your friends and family. And don't forget to tell us what you think of today's show. Thanks for watching.
Coming up, a maritime spectacle unfolding in the South China Sea. The Philippine and U.S. military set sail for their second drill in just a few months. The 2024 Taiwan election is just 10 days away. How is the highly anticipated vote tied to U.S. geopolitics? And a less than $400 offer made to entice a former Hong Kong pro-democracy leader to become an informant. The leader now sharing the details in the UK after his release from jail in June. More on that after the break here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer, a new joint drill between the U.S. and the Philippines. On Wednesday, the two military forces kicked off their second exercise in less than two months in the South China Sea, a hotly contested region. It comes amid rising tensions between the Philippines and Beijing. The military exercises come after Chinese Coast Guard vessels fired water cannons at Filipino boats. They also put up floating barriers to prevent Filipino boats from entering waters at a disputed shoal. Some of the recent standoffs have ended in collision. The Philippines military chief said the joint drill with Washington sends a message to the world that the U.S.-Philippine alliance is stronger than ever. Taiwan's presidential election is kicking off in a few days and is drawing a lot of attention. The island plays a leading role in making the world's most advanced semiconductors and microchips. And Beijing has vowed to take Taiwan by force if necessary. Here's what you need to know about the election. Taiwan's presidential election is kicking off in 10 days and the U.S. and China are watching closely. Three candidates remain in the heated contest. The whole world wants to know whether the people of Taiwan will continue to move forward on the path of democracy in this major election, or whether they will choose to rely on China, follow a pro-China path, and lock Taiwan into China again. President Tsai Ing-wen is not seeking re-election due to the island's term limits. Her party's candidate for president, William Lai, is currently Tsai's vice president. They are members of Taiwan Democratic Progressive Party. If Lai Xiao wins the election, Taiwan will continue its close cooperation with the United States in the free world. If Ho Yo Yi is elected, it implies Taiwan is moving towards China. The United States would certainly have significant concerns, including about the substantial impacts on the exchange of high-tech and military technologies. Lai has pledged to continue bolstering Taiwan's defenses in the face of threats from communist China. China's ruling Communist Party seized Taiwan as its own territory, despite never having ruled it. Polls show Lai as the frontrunner, ahead of candidates from opposition parties Kuomintang and the Taiwan People's Party. Compared to Lai, his competitor from the Kuomintang Party sees China differently. The KMT Party is known for its pro-China stance. Its vice presidential candidate said it would be hard to compete with China even if the island's defense budget got boosted to half of its national GDP, which would prove almost impossible. Reports say China has been pushing false information campaigns on the island in order to meddle in the election. 
while a Reuters report on Wednesday said no matter who sits in the president's office, pressure from the Chinese military won't let up. As voters prepare to make their choice, China's balloon technology is back in the spotlight. The West says the aircraft are used for spying. On Tuesday, Taiwan's defense ministry said it detected four balloons from China around the island. Three of them approached a key air force base. Beijing also sent four military aircraft and three warships near the Taiwan Strait. The former leader of a Hong Kong pro-democracy group reveals a troubling story. He says authorities paid him to be an informant. He unveiled the details after finding freedom in the West. Here's his story. Hong Kong activist Tony Chung said on Thursday he had fled to Britain and formally applied for political asylum. 22-year-old Chung is the former leader of the now-disbanded pro-independence group Student Localism. In a Facebook post on Thursday, he said that he'd been suffering from significant mental stress. Chung was sentenced to 43 months in prison in November 2021 for succession and money laundering. He was charged under the sweeping national security law, which Beijing imposed on Hong Kong in 2020 after months of anti-Beijing, pro-democracy protests. Chung himself was released in June 2023, but he says he has since been under police surveillance, the trauma of which made him leave. Chung told Reuters that after his release, Chinese officers offered him over $300 to become an informant. Chung said he accepted the offer because he felt he had no choice. Under their close monitoring, he believed authorities wanted to test him to see if he would cooperate. He added that he didn't give them any significant information. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.